0: If it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. Today we're going to learn just how interesting this man is. We are talking about Mark Twain, aka Samuel Langhorne Cummins. Right welcome in information by the pound Today is on Mark Twain. I honestly didn't know too much about the guy. I'm glad I did the the deep dive here and figured out more about him. I've read a couple of his books with uh, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn being of course the most iconic, and the Huckleberry Finn being the most impactful as far as being one of my favorite books. Uh, yeah, I want to know more about him. so he uh, he achieved great success as a writer and a public speaker. His wit and satire earned praise from critics and peers, and he was a friend to presidents, artists, uh, industrialists, European royalty. He pissed off a lot of people, too, uh, especially people at bars. But uh, yeah, getting to it, Samuel Langhorn Clemens, further from here on out, will be known as Mark Twain, uh, born November 30th, 1835, died in April 21, 1910. Uh, Born in Florida, Missouri, then relocated to Hannibal. Uh, He was an American writer, a humorist, an entrepreneur, a publisher, and lecturer, which we'll get to the lecturing near the end. Uh, He was lauded as the greatest humorist of the United States ever produced. And William Faulkner called him the father of American literature, which is very fitting. Uh, So some of his biggest novels I've mentioned being Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, or the adventures i should say of tom sawyer and the adventures of huckleberry finn uh huckleberry finn being the sequel to tom sawyer and it came out uh it's like about seven or eight years later after uh tom sawyer did uh he's off, also known uh, for writing the gilded age and roughing it and there's and there's quite a few others but uh you know the big two the the magnum opus being huckleberry finn he didn't start off necessarily as a writer He didn't really have that ambition to, he had a few different things. He did first, uh, when he was 12, his father died. And so he had to, uh, find work. His mother was the head of household. And I think there was like seven siblings, something. I don't know if all of them lived too long, but he needed to make some money for the family. So he worked as an apprentice for a printer and he went from all over from Cincinnati to New York. And since he got very little formal education, he took up self-educating and he spent his free time at the public library uh, borrowing books. He This allowed him to see things from a different perspective and he valued education and saw it as a vital part of the growth of a human being. He was very critical of the education system, especially in the United States during this time. He believed that learning and education were two different things, which honestly, I, that's very fitting today as well. Um, so he did that for a bit, and at age twenty two he became the skilled pilot of a steamboat. It was around that time the idea of this name, Mark Twain, came about. Uh but the basically it's a boatman's call noting that the river was only two fathoms deep, which was the minimum depth for a safe navigation, is Mark Twain. Um, his service was cut short in 1861 by the uh the beautiful outbreak of the Civil War. It's, it's that will throw a uh little monkey wrench in the plans there. So that halted most uh of the civilian traffic on the river. So he wasn't able to really work for that. So he thought, okay, well, might as well go join the side that's going to win. I'm going to join the Confederacy. And he looks back and says, "That's just out of pure ignorance why he joined, but he joined a local militia um for the confederacy, and they're they're called the Marion Rangers and it looks like one of his uh he was noted uh, as he came in for the militia. he was riding a mule, bringing with him a squirrel rifle and an umbrella, like in Mark Twain fashion right there for you uh I believe he left as soon as he saw gunfire or Someone mentioned U.S. or Ulysses S. Grant, one of the two scared him. Um, so, yeah, he's your typical war avoiding, uh, dual avoiding gambling, hard drinking man. Uh, at this time, he headed west because that's just what you do around this time, 1861. Uh, he climbed on poor uh, on a uh, He went on a stagecoach and headed towards Nevada and California, where many people were going at this time, and he would do that for the next five years or so. But End up being dead broke, Uh, the mining was a bust, so he decided it's best to put his storytelling, put that affinity he has for storytelling into a career. So he became a reporter for the Virginia, uh, I believe it was the Virginia City, yeah, Virginia City Territorial Enterprise. Uh, He wrote a comic short story called Jim Smiley and His Jumping Frog in 1865, and it was his first national fame. That name, I believe, goes by different names, I've been told on on my on my notes here. So if you want to read it, I'm sure you can find it. But um, anyhow, but the article was a success and that paved the way to a new opportunity at the Sacramento Union. <clears throat> and from there, so he moved over there and, and then he went, uh, he was sent on an assignment to Hawaii to write a series of travelogues. He was a big traveler in his life, but, uh, you know, with that job at the Sacramento union, it allowed him traveling all over the world. He visited the Mediterranean, uh, Europe, the middle East and, uh, yeah, around this time though, he, uh, he, uh, one of his trips, he met uh, his wife through her brother. He, uh, the, the brother showed Mark Twain, a photo of Olivia and Twain said it was love at first sight. And then they got married a few years later. And he also went on to live in Dublin, New Hampshire, San Francisco, New York. Uh, but it was in the 60s, the mid 60s around this time that he was appalled with the treatment of the Chinese, especially uh, in San Francisco. And he wrote passionately about it. He, he was warned of uh, police reprisals for his stinging attacks on what was happening. So he had to get out, get a bounce. And he fled, he went to Hawaii. And that's where he wrote, or he got the idea for, or uh, yeah, all the information he needed for roughing it in, in the Sandwich Islands, uh, which was a good move. You know, you go to uh, you go to the Hawaiian Islands for four months, uh, meet uh, King Kamehameha, like what can go wrong? And uh, a few years later, in eighteen sixty nine, The Innocents Abroad was published, and that became another nationwide bestseller. And it was around, yeah, around mid '60s, late '60s, uh, that he started using the, the pen name Mark Twain. And there were other ideas. Some of them were terrible. Uh, Grumbler was was another name he was going to use. Rambler, Josh, just Josh, nothing, nothing no ring to it. Um, there was also Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass. Uh, you know, not necessarily super catchy glad he stuck with mark twain and uh so the gilded age was a book that he wrote but this gilded age was an era that occurred during the late 19th century uh from the 1870s to about 1900 it was an era of rapid economic growth especially in the northern and western united states and there was a lot of inventions coming about at this time and that was a big interest for Mark Twain as well. His interest in technology and inventions and all sorts of things. And he realized at this time that the most valuable commodity was himself. And he put his name on anything. Uh, he would endorse all these, uh, incongruous products. So, uh, endorsements of cigars, the famous Mark Twain cigar, sewing machines, uh, and various medicines and elixirs. He just knew it would sell. Um, one of the big things that he published, though, was a—or I shouldn't say published, but purchased—was uh, setting up his publishing house, which he funded, and he persuaded Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, so at the time, he had Grant was facing financial ruin and personal disgrace after two really bad terms in office. He persuaded uh, Ulysses S. Grant to write a book about his memoirs, and luckily, with persistence and With Twain's help, they were able to finish it four days before Grant died, which uh, was a huge success, and it ended up netting the Grant family a half million dollars, which they needed at that time. Uh, Twain also patented three inventions, including an improvement in adjustable and detachable straps for garments to replace suspenders and a history trivia game. Uh, His most commercially successful, though, was a self-pasting scrapbook which uh, there was a dried adhesive on the pages that only needed to be moistened before use. And over 25,000 of those were sold. Uh, he was also an early proponent of fingerprinting as a forensic technique. And he was using that in a couple of his stories, but yeah, he was fascinated with all this stuff. He was fascinated with science and scientific inquiry, uh, which at this time, a big uh, there was two big guys around this time for for science and scientific inquiry uh of course nikola tesla would be one of them and he ended up developing a close and long lasting relationship friendship with him they spent uh a lot of time together in tesla's laboratory uh there was this oscillator which is essentially like a giant vibrator sorry you prudes um but anyway it was supposed to help twain had a, like a lot of digestive issues so he thought you know Tesla's like, well, let's try this out. You know, you get on this thing and maybe it will help. Vibrations will help cure you. Well, about a minute and a half of that, uh, he ran off to the bathroom as uh, as soon as his feet could take him there. And uh, let's see who else we got. Edison, I believe, had, I think it was Edison video. Anyways, um, he had a relationship with uh, Edison too. But there's this footage of Mark Twain. I think it was in 1909, like right before he died uh it's very odd there isn't any sound but you should definitely youtube it just mark twain on video and that was through thomas edison i do believe but yeah those are the two the two powerhouses at the time all right so getting back to literature for a sec the uh, adventures of huckleberry finn was uh released in 1884 uh twain started writing a sequel to adventures of tom sawyer in 1876 but he wasn't pleased with the progress so he picked it up again and finished writing it in 1883 and his famous book adventures of huckleberry finn was considered to be super controversial uh it was banned for alleged crude language and lack of moral tone it was also considered very racist but the the whole the whole thing about it for me which i mean the, the book itself is great but mark twain didn't necessarily grow up believing that Slavery was bad, based on his environment. I mean, teachers were saying it's okay. the The church was saying it's it's divine intervention or it's a it's what God wanted. Um, so he had to really shape and sh- uh, and shift his and pivot his perspective on slavery at the time. And as does the character Huck Finn in the book, his rebellion against slavery. It's just two outcasts, and and uh, one of them's a slave. The other one's this illiterate kid that's dad's a drunk well they go in this river together and it's this beautiful imagery of of things are free on the river there is no things are safer on the river but you're also isolated from society so it's this real duality of it and the book and i think with all the little hijinks and adventures it's fun but the bigger thing is for me is kind of the moral um the moral compass of it all, right? Navigating on this river of Huck, not knowing whether or not to how he feels about traveling with a slave, should he turn him in, should he not? And he kind of goes through. uh, Luckily, he's not morally bankrupt and and does the right thing. Spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, he ends up being a good boy yeah so that that's essentially what huck Finn i mean there's there is so much to it, but that's that's the general flow of it so i i like the the imagery of it though them being safe on the river but also isolated um so great book got good reviews but after after some bad investments uh he was always interested in putting his name on things he had to declare bankruptcy uh mark Twain that is. And luckily he recovered financially after an enormously successful lecture tour around the world, and he paid all of his creditors in full. Uh, Mark Twain died on April 21st, 1910, at the age of 74, buried in New York. The Mark Twain House in Hartford, Connecticut is now a popular attraction, as and it's designated as a National Historic Landmark. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, when he, So he was born on November 30th, 1835. Two weeks, uh, two weeks after the uh, perihelion, and perihelion I had to look up. It's the point in the orbit of a planet, asteroid, or comet at which it's closest to the sun. Um, but two weeks after the perihelion of Halley's comet, and he quotes this is, or this is him um, being quoted. I came in with Halley's comet, and in, in 1909 he said this: "It is coming again next year. The Almighty has said, no doubt, there are two unaccountable freaks they come in together they must go out together and he died on April 21st 1910 one day after the comet had once reached again its or once reached its perihelion again perihelion it's a tough word uh that is a very brief wrap up of mark twain i mean his humor and his articles i mean there's so much to read about him just online and there's obviously his literary work too but the more i read about him the more interested i am and i i really want to do an even deeper dive but for these short shorter episodes you know i like to keep you just you just give you the cliff notes all right i'm gonna leave you guys with some quotes here we go this is from mark twain go to heaven for the climate hell for the company It is better to keep your mouth closed and let people think you are a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it is time to pause and reflect. Amen, brother. That's a good one too. And this, I'll leave you this last one here. Good friends, good books, and a sleepy conscience. This is the ideal life. Bye-bye.